Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. And I mean, and we have been busy. And by we, I mean Amanda. And by Amanda, I mean check out Instagram and, and, and Facebook. There's there's a lot there. There's a lot to a lot of a lot of media to consume. So, uh, my name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host Amanda. Hello. Hello. Busy. You've been a busy bee. I've been a very busy bee. Listen, I put a lot into this, and for our three followers that really enjoy it, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you're so welcome. No, I think with any hobby, part of it is just for you, and if anyone else enjoys it, that's great, too. I, I To me, I'm, I'm 100%, and I've tried to keep this in perspective. I don't know what I would do if we like blew up, but for me, the perspective is I do this as if no one is listening like i i literally i if no one did listen there i it, there is some catharsis in being able to talk video games in fact i was doing a virtual uh faculty happy hour yesterday where we were we were all on zoom and there were like four or five of us and we were sitting having a drink and and just talking about academics and whatever else you know whatever you might if you were sitting at the end of a bar at a or a pub in in the middle of the day at the end of a work day, you know? And so we were sitting there talking and, and I, I brought up this podcast. I brought up the fact that, man, I, I would do it if nobody listened. I truly would, because I just enjoy talking about games and, and I know you do too. And so having, having someone to (laughs) talk about games, maybe I should be paying you to, to be able to do this. I'm like basically your game therapist. <laughs> You're my game therapist, and I appreciate you for that. Um, so, I what have you been? You too. Yeah. Well, before before you do get into charging me for this, what have you been playing? Well, I played Knights of Pen and Paper. Have you played this? I have not, but I'm intrigued. Go on. Okay, so it's essentially. 8-bit Dungeons and Dragons, which we all know is a huge departure for me on graphical style. I'm not really into the 8-bit, 16-bit sort of gaming style at all. Right. Um, and it's available on Game Pass, the deluxe bundle. I think I think it was Games with Gold, so not even Game Pass. I think it's just actually free this month, but don't at me if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's the... Knights of Pen and Paper 1 and the Knights of Pen and Paper 2. Okay. And it's basically 8-bit Dungeons and Dragons. So there's like a table there and you like pick your character and there's a dungeon master and the dungeon master is like sending you on quests and like going on adventures. There's a bit of like fourth wall breaking and stuff where like some of the characters at the table will be like, oh, I have to go pee or like whatever. Which is, like, sort of funny and comical, um, but then I played it a lot. I think I played it till we were level 31, 
And then I got to a point where I couldn't pass beyond um, one of the dungeon levels because it wasn't like all the other previous dungeons when you cleared one room, even if you died in the next room, that first room would still be clear. But this one kept resetting itself. And no matter what, I, I would have had to grind for hours and hours and hours to be able to get enough resources and stuff like that on my characters health potions whatever to survive all the way through I I could make it through about five or six rooms and then I just got snookered you know yeah (laughs) um and and I was using like thousands of gold at a time to like try to make it through anyway I gave up I said okay well that's game number one you know I've played it for nine hours maybe you know so I'd play spent a lot of time on it you know i was enjoying it it was a bit repetitive in places but like generally what else are you gonna do on a you know saturday evening in lockdown um so then i played the second one for 30 minutes they changed the controls so much from the first one that I couldn't even figure out where half the stuff was and they made new arbitrary rules about some of your powers can't hit the back row of enemies and others can and like no 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 like if I (laughs) wanted to if I wanted to have to memorize what all these powers do like I I would go play actual Dungeons & Dragons with like a rule book master you know the the, right. the kind of Dungeons & Dra- Dragons guy who's like well actually because you're torpored you can't do that you know what I mean those people suck we're here to have fun like you know be liberal with the rules yeah it's yeah. we're gonna beat these things anyway who cares yeah um, so I would if you like Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop RPGs, I think you would find this charming. If you like 8-bit style, I think you would find this charming, but I don't recommend the second one unless you really love memorizing rules like and, right, and a so. completely different control. I couldn't even figure out what the controls were for some of the stuff. I was like, what is happening? So the first one, in my opinion, is better than the second one. I think they got pre- too pretentious with the second one. Okay. Well, that's fair. Um, I, I've, That sounds an interesting because I, I do want – I do enjoy – Dungeons and Dragons style games. I haven't played a an actual campaign before, but I want to. And uh, yeah, it sounds like I could oh at least. Oh my god, in the first we should one. do like a virtual Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like actually good at Dungeons and Dragons. Just well, like, then we need to do that. Mm-hmm. We need to do that, and and I know that there's at least one or two others we could get together to do this. So this would not be a difficult thing to coordinate. I don't think so. Um, especially with quarantine. I mean, this is a no brainer. This is something we should be doing. Um, uh, I have, uh, of course I've been playing Warcraft, but, um, I've also downloaded the DLC for Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Celeste on the Switch, the, uh, in which we'll come back to later. Um, but the DLC, I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I got in and it to, to get that downloaded. Um, it's another one of those, um, you know, I guess, a, a demonstration of good faith by ea uh we paid for a game and you get some downloadable content so um so that's good i haven't played it yet though so i haven't i haven't been able to get any of this down at least i've had my son do most of that stuff uh, since he's on the xbox my my goal is is to get up early enough 
while he's still sleeping before he has to do school, uh, you know, his online schoolwork, and get in there and probably wake him up while I'm playing Jedi Fallen Order this week. So um, that is my plan to get back in there uh, and play it. Okay. But, yeah, so I, uh, so Celeste is probably where I've spent the majority of my time that wasn't Warcraft. Um, what's and, Celeste uh, about? What's that? What is Celeste about? Okay, so Celeste is a platformer. And um, uh, it's a platformer that... Uh, it, it, it got a lot of awards. We talked about it on the show probably a year ago or so, maybe. And I'm checking the information now. Apparently, I was mistaken, so I'm sure my son did not download this. Um, let's see. When is it actually supposed to come out? I thought it was already out. Oh, it is. Wait. It's soon. Well, when is soon? Well, then maybe I won't get soon to play this. trademark. It's like Blizzard. <laughs> It'll be right. Well, when I, it's ready. if they had Blizzard's track record, I'd be okay with that. But they don't. Um, well, it looks like I'll get to play this when, uh, whenever I get to play this. I haven't finished the game yet, anyway, so it's probably good. I don't have what DLC the DLC that I'll never for Fallen Order. It hasn't. You haven't downloaded it yet because it's Apparently not out. Not. But they announced it. Yeah, it's announced, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, Celeste is a platformer. Uh, it, it got a lot of attention because uh, it has some themes for mental health in it. And uh, for, you know, obviously it, it's, um, it was, it had a good light shine or shown on it for that reason alone. Um that, uh, it, you know, an individual maybe that was battling some mental health issues. And so this game tackles it as you climb up this mountain. Uh, and as you're climbing the mountain, you're chased by an alter ego of yourself. And if the alter ego catches you, then uh, you, you end that level. But basically, it's like Super Meat Boy or a lot of these other games where you have infinite lives. You never die. You just keep resetting you die, you go back to the beginning of that part. And so it's, it's, uh, it's really about timing and coordinating uh, button pushes to make sure that, you know, you can, all of your skills, you can coordinate uh, to get through and manage these mazes that are full of spikes. And, and uh, you got to get the strawberries, I think they are, that are in each level. Um, it's not arbitrary. All these things have a, have a meaning. But like I said, we'll come back to it. Uh, because it is, <laughs> spoiler alert, uh, potentially on this list of games <laughs> that we're going to talk about today. So, uh, but yeah, so I've been playing that and, uh, and, and, um, and longing to play some Star Wars, uh, in between, in between bouts of, of, uh, maxing out, uh, my Warcraft. Basically I've, I've been, uh. Because I don't have anything left really to do. I'm already as high item level in terms of my armor that I want to be. So I'm just either maxing out reputation with certain factions, trying to unlock some of the allied races that I didn't have yet, uh, getting some of the achievements. Some stuff that's fun. It's just, uh, you know, I'm going back and doing old content. But I've been doing that now for about four weeks. So that's it. That's what I've been playing. So, that brings us to the news. Um, the news. The news. Do you... 
I have a I have a couple things, but uh, you know, I don't know what. Um, <laughs> I have one single piece of news. Good. Well, I'll let you go first. If it happens to be the same thing, the news will be short today. <laughs> so, uh, if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see that Epic Games has been releasing game live gameplay footage trailers of the Unreal Engine live on the PS5 and you know there's some sexy rocks listen people i yeah, there are. yeah i don't know what to tell you like it's so crisp you have to watch the video to really appreciate the amount of falling debris that looks so natural and they were saying that the engine uh, now allows for them to render trailer level graphics in game so the same thing you would get in a cinematic trailer, they're now able to render for live gameplay. And right. they they were saying like every single pebble contains 30 different triangles and they can like render 30 billion triangles. Like it's crazy when you think about how much bigger the PS5 and by definition the Xbox One because they have fairly similar hardware specs. Um, how much advance the graphics are going to be of this next generation but it it seems to be the cinematic trailer is going to be the game of the future so there's my tm quote for you right there. nice well excuse me sorry um i started to speak and then coughed uh, directly into the microphone which is 101 exactly what you're supposed to do um no, I, I, the article that I was reading that I think we both of us uh, received and we were we were looking through uh, the, the images, it seems like uh, one of the take-homes, at least from what I gathered, is we, we did a spec uh, overview kind of of the two consoles before. And I think that if you distilled it down, they have a, they have a, a quote in this article that, that basically says, the difference in graphical, you know, output between PS3 and PS4 is much bigger than what we're going to get from PS4 to PS5. So it's there's not going to be a drastic jump. The main difference is going to be with both of these consoles is the loading times. So not only the image quality, but how fast everything seems to load. That both are trying to eliminate loading screens as much, if not completely, as possible. So... Uh, it was yeah. The, those rocks were very sexy looking. So, um, I must say. Uh, I mean, so considering yeah. that is a screen grab from a live video and probably low resolution because of that, they look crisp. Do you it know looks what I like mean? a real picture. Yeah, it looks like a picture of real rocks. So maybe I mean, they're maybe they're people are right probably on the wondering cusp. why we have pictures of rocks on our Instagram now. But listen, <laughs> they're sexy digital rocks. <laughs> That's right. Maybe we were on the cusp of just eliminating nature's the need for nature altogether. So, um, yeah. So, well, that's part of uh, that's the first news uh, article that we have. I have two others, really, and really one of them is an article, and the other one is commentary on the article. <laughs> so, uh, there's a new game coming out, uh, or that's that's slated to be released potentially this year, I believe. Um, barring any kind of um, setback that's not already out there with the quarantine and, and, and so forth. But it's called The Medium, and The Medium is 
this this game that is has been touted as a as the next to the a new Silent Hill. It is definitely not Silent Hill. It is not set in Silent Hill. Uh, but what it does have is the kind of world that Silent Hill created, where you have you have the world, and then you have the alternate reality that is dark and and crazy and and bloody and weird and 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 incredibly terrifying. And so, uh, I it's it's from the 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 studio that that brought us the Blair Witch Project, which was uh, was well received and critically acclaimed. And so it looks really good. It looks like a really good game. I don't know if it'll be a game I play just because it is a horror game. But what I wanted to say about this is there have been rumors uh, about Silent Hill getting a reboot on the next-gen consoles uh, of some sort. Now, it may be a spiritual successor, but but in this case, a true spiritual successor to uh, Silent Hill. So... Um, the medium actually, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think I read this, I know I did actually, uh, the, the composer for Silent Hill is doing the music for the medium. And so there, there are a lot of through lines in, in this medium, uh, video game that are similar to, and that are related to Silent Hill. But, um, the idea that they may be rebooting it or at least creating a spiritual successor to PT, or Silent Hills, or Silent Hill, um, it has me excited. It's it's probably one of the few horror games that I think I would go back to if it were um, in the same vein as as the first two. I would I believe I played Silent Hill three and I played uh, Homecoming a little bit. I didn't enjoy either one of them. They were they were a little bit of a departure from those games. Uh, the first two, uh, if anything. I think the last game I played that was like the first two Silent Hills was a game called Parasite Eve. Did you ever play Parasite Eve by chance? No, I've never even heard of that. <laughs> I didn't think so. I think a few years ago I wrote an article on Parasite Eve. And uh, Parasite Eve is made by, uh, I think it's, it may be Square. Let's see. We'll do a quick Google. Quick Google search. Who made Parasite Eve? video game made by Square. I thought it was Square or Square. It was before it was Square Enix. It was Squaresoft at the time. Squarenix. So this is this is a long time ago. This is PlayStation era. The graphics are not great. The premise of this game, though, is that you have uh, the mitochondria in everybody's cells is thought to be like this, a parasite or an, uh, like its own living body its own living entity inside all of our cells and that if it triggered if it wanted to trigger evolution it could and it would change someone uh to uh, to these monsters so the parasites have their or the the mitochondria have their own um have their own a mind of their own and their own genetic makeup really Every and time you say mitochondria, I just think midi-chlorian and I can't stop. Well, I can't stop. I'm, I was like I'm they're going to use the force. I'm about to allude to that. That's where midichlorians came from. That's where he got that idea was from mitochondria. That mitochondria are in every, everybody's cell. They are responsible for, you know, uh, the oxidative, the respiration. You know, so us, our ability to use oxygen 
is due to, you know, the mitochondria. So, um, and, and uh, without them, we couldn't do, you know, we couldn't cellular breathe or breathe at the cellular level. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's not completely original, like how they got to <laughs> midichlorians, but I believe Parasite Eve came out about the time that, uh, that the episode one or uh, had come out or it was in or around that time, uh, 1998. Yeah. So it was released in 98. Uh, and I believe that's the year 98 or 99 is when, uh, isn't it? Or is it 2000? When did, I can't remember when episode one, it doesn't matter. Point is, is that, uh, that's where the idea came from for midichlorians was mitochondria and the mitochondria in these games have a mind of their own kind of, they can be triggered to change and evolve the creature that they're a part of and turn them into a monster. I didn't even know was, you were going to say that, but like, it really makes sense though. Like why you would confuse those things with the force. Cause it comes from, that's where the idea for the force comes from. And it all makes sense. It, well, it really does. And, and I think I tied all that into that article that I wrote a few years ago, but uh, I thought I was onto something like really profound. And then I found an article where it was kind of, basically stated that's where george lucas got it from i was like oh man i oh, thought i figured something dude. out yeah <laughs> but anyway so so yeah that's uh maybe maybe silent hill is being rebooted if it is uh it is uh on my radar uh to 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 play so maybe i'll play another um an, another horror game one one horror game every decade i think is good for me so that's plenty for me, too. I'm not that big of a fan. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to our main topic today, which is, which is uh, we wanted to talk about the the hardest games that we've ever played. And we're going to they don't have to be the top five or in any particular order, um, but five, at least five of the hardest games that we've played. There are definitely more than that. I'm sure that both of us have played. Um, and I actually had a kind of a hard time limiting it to five. Or the five I wanted to talk to, anyway. Okay. I don't know yeah. about you. Well, they're, yeah. I'm glad you don't want them in any particular order, because I just got a list, and I've only <laughs> yeah. got five, and it wasn't that hard, because these games have scarred me forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel similarly, and so... Uh, but, you know, who do you want to go first, or what? Uh, yeah, why don't, we, why don't we take turns? I'll start yeah, with... Yeah, for sure. With the OG, the Toughie, and also, in my opinion, one of the more unusually designed games of its time. It's the original gangsta, The Duck Hunt. <laughs> Duck Hunt. I was okay, like, so explain. I don't know, maybe 10? I don't know. When did Duck Hunt come out? We can do some simple math. 1986, maybe? Okay, yeah, so it I was probably eight when I was playing it, or nine, um, but it came out, like, the year after I was born, so I wasn't playing <laughs> it then. Uh, yeah, I was probably eight or nine. My uncle had a Nintendo, and he hooked it all up, and he hooked up the, the gun, and I was just amazed. Like, it was so cool. Obviously, I wasn't quite old enough to ever actually go into any arcades at that point. So that was the first time I'd ever interacted with that sort of technology. And the fact that it was in home just boggled my mind. But it was so hard. When you're a real little kid, that's a very hard game. I think it's still like, I would still find it challenging to this day. Because the reaction times, they're pretty quick. 
Yeah, no, they are. And the the fact that you've got a light gun that is hit or miss, to be honest. So light gun, it just doesn't, it's, it's not. Uh, the technology has come a long way. We'll just say that. From where it used to. You're be. not wrong there, right? What what's uh what's yours? Well, I, I also wanted. I think I I wanted to, as I do, add some nuance to this. We're talking about difficult games, so that's a difficult game uh, for other, for specific reasons, right? There's really two types of difficulties, I think, and and you may think of another one, but the, the, there's two types I'm thinking of. The first difficulty type are difficulty in like precision movement and speed, right? Like your ability to make quick reactions. That's that's like the first type of difficulty. And the second type of difficulty is like difficult puzzles. Puzzles you that You always uh, got to do this. You got to take it one level further. Well, I want I just so want to give some I'm definitions to things no. so that you know why and how we're we're choosing these games. Um uh, and and I've got uh, examples of both. So the first one that I want to uh, use is an old school game as well. I've got two on here, and I probably could have made them all NES games just because some of those are impossible. Uh, but the first one is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the very first NES game, uh, the one that has all four turtles with red masks on it uh, on the on the front of the box. Uh, the one that, that has permadeath on each one of your characters. So the cool part about this game is you get to play all four as all four of the Ninja Turtles. The bad part is all four of them are not equal. Donatello is, is far superior, in my opinion, just because he's got a bow staff and he's got a longer reach, so he can hit things farther away. Michelangelo's the worst. Uh, and all of them suck underwater. Because they can't breathe, and there's one stage on this game where you have to go underwater. You have to not hit the electrical fences. I mean, if you ask Daniel or any other old school retro gamer that has played this game, uh, or even one that has played it on an emulator, it's just not fun. Like it's it's so hard that it's not enjoyable. Uh, and with the permadeath, you might accidentally get one of your good turtles killed long before you really needed him. Uh, in an, in a level, uh, and so I never finished this game. I never actually got past that water level. Uh, I was happy to take it out of my NES and never play it again. <laughs> so. I just I can't stop singing the theme song in my head though. Now that you said Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles. Turtles. absolutely. <laughs> Turtles in a half, half shell, turtle power, so good, man. <laughs> absolutely. So. Yeah, so that's my first one. And again, in no particular order, um, but that game blew. Yeah, look, I that doesn't sound like something I would like. I would probably not, at the time that that was released, I probably wouldn't be capable of controlling multiple characters. Like, I don't think my brain and reflexes were developed enough where even I would made it past the first stage. As <laughs> evidenced by my next pick, Soup! Mario Brothers for the oh, man. the Nintendo, you know, it's. I was a kid. I was a kid, but I also got a Super Nintendo when I like from my cousin when I was like eighteen, maybe a little younger, maybe maybe sixteen. Yeah, sixteen because I hadn't moved out yet. Sixteen. And even playing it as a 16-year-old, I found it incredibly t challenging because my p 
panic reactions are not good. Like if if I'm about to fall in a <laughs> hole, I can never make the jump because I'm already panicked about it. Like I can see it coming and like everything just freezes up. I'm just not good at that sort of thing. For some reason, shooting, no problem. Driving, fine. Like it's just having to like jump over gaps that I really really struggle with. I like maybe I don't have good depth <laughs> perception. It's hard, but I was just telling you the game I was playing just a week or two ago, that um Forbidden Planet or Strange Planet or whatever the heck it was called. Like I just gave up at one point where they were asking you to do jumps that were both higher than you could really see and then also the platform was quite narrow so you had to sort of stop your jump halfway through once you got over it i just i just couldn't release the button fast enough or i'd like take a running start and just run off the edge that that sort of thing frustrates me to no end it's like a personal obviously handicap lots of people do this just fine this is my problem but that specific type of puzzle jumping over holes or jumping from one platform to another I'm really, really bad at in every every type of game, and Super Mario is basically all that. <laughs> right. Fair, fair enough. Okay. Well, I uh, I finished Super Mario Brothers, so I feel like I couldn't. That that one didn't register. None of the Mario Brothers actually did, um, or the Mario games. I finished all of them. Um, the only one I haven't finished is is uh, the most recent one. Uh, Super Mario, oh man, I can't remember the one that's on the Switch, and it's a great game. Um, I haven't finished it, but that's only because I was close to the end, and uh, my game file was saved over by one of one of the kids saved over my game file, um, which happens. <laughs> I guess if you have kids, if you don't have kids, that would be weird. But, um, but yeah, so that's the only one I haven't finished. So that's definitely not on my list. My next one, I'm going to go ahead and get this old school game out of the way as well. Uh, another game that is incredibly difficult. I don't see how anybody has ever finished this game. I know they have. I know they've done speed runs. In my opinion, this is one of the greatest exercises in in masochism in gaming ever. And that's uh, Ghosts and Goblins for the NES. Um, Ghosts and Goblins for the NES... It was in the arcades as well. Some people may be old as me and have played it in the arcade as well. But uh, on the NES, it is brutally unforgiving. It is it is uh, Dark Souls without the forgiveness. Like, if you thought there was any forgiveness in Dark Souls, you know, Ghosts and Goblins makes you start over. Like, you, you, get, to, you get hit like two or three times, I think, is the max that you can get hit by anything. And then you die. And then, then you die. And I don't know that you have very... There's no continuing. You have to get all the way through the game. And then once you've beaten it, you get to the end of the game. And spoiler alert for a 40-year-old game, or 35-year-old game, whatever. Uh, spoiler alert for that. Uh, you have to play it all again. You have to play the entire game and go through it again to actually get the real ending of the game. It's like there's no skipping it. It's like it's no your princess is in another castle. You have to go through the entire game again. And let me tell you, I didn't even get the I didn't even get close to it. I didn't even get I didn't even get through the first level without realizing how much I didn't enjoy uh, the level of of difficulty that that game uh, starts you on. There's there's like there's no easy mode. 
I, and I didn't enjoy it at all. So Ghosts and Goblins, this could be the hardest nice. game I've ever played. But yeah, sucks. Yeah, that's the sort of game that would make me smash a console. Like that's the yeah. sort of game that I wouldn't be able to to put up with. I don't in. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, get good, get good." Right. I play games to have a good time. Right. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. spend a bad time getting good. You know, like it right. just it serves no value to me. Like games are supposed to be for entertainment. I'm not gonna win a medal. Like I'm not gonna to enter a championship because I can, you know, jump Super Mario holes or play Ghosts and Goblins and make <laughs> it to the end or what. Like, right. no, unless and, and you to are more power an to those that person, do. No yeah, one else. More cares. power to those. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. More power to anyone that does enjoy that stuff. If you enjoy it, great. If you're a completionist, great. If you're not, and you like Amanda and I like to play because it's fun. I mean, it's just like the grinding that you have to do on MMOs or other role-playing games. If the grinding isn't fun, then it is more of the definition of a grind. You know, it's like you're. If you're the not grinding just, isn't fun, hire a Chinese gold farmer. Well, Sorry. You, you, you <laughs> don't could, do yeah. that, kids. <laughs> no, that well, that and that was such a big thing, man. Buying gold back in the day. Oh, you know, um, we've talked about this. I bought yeah. some gold. Not gonna lie, quite oh, a bit. Yeah. I think my brother bought gold, and then all of our accounts were compromised. So, uh, every everything was stolen <laughs> after that. Um, anyway, but yeah, so, uh, g yeah, games like that where it's, and, and, and it speaks to maybe that is for a very specific crowd. It was not for me. That is one of the hardest games, if not the hardest game I've ever played and, and the least enjoyable. It's like, I didn't even enjoy playing, uh, the little bit that I did play. So, so what's your number three or third game? Uh, yeah. So my, my third one is Devil May Cry. And I think it's Devil May Cry 2 that's on the PS3, PS2, PS3. Uh, Devil May Cry 3. I think that's PS2. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think it was Devil May Cry 2 that I attempted. Um, I can't... Look, my memory fails me, but you can just take all the Devil May Crys and put them in one box as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> all right? So right. don't worry about I think it was Devil May Cry 2, but I was probably 17 years old, and the memory not so good for exactly which one of the titles it was. But basically, the story was my high school boyfriend at the time, we played loads of games. Uh, I think it definitely would have been a PS2. Because the PS3 yeah. came out when I was in college. So it would have been PS2. So whatever Devil May Cry was on PS2, um, that one. Um, we, he loved this game. He played, he would replay levels to get A's and stuff like that. Like, you know, just wanted to get A's or S's or whatever the best score was um, on each one of the levels. And would do a level over and over and over until he achieved that. He's sort of one of those I want to like get good sort of gamers. Um, also really good at headshots and things like that with no scopes. I'm never, I've never been that good <laughs> at games, but we play for different reasons. That sort of thing is not fun to me. Um, so right. anyway, one, one time he was out, I think maybe at work, and I thought, oh, I'm going to like give this a go. I'm going to try to like do it. Mate. 
Delaware cries properly hard. If you want to actually like get a good score, I'm not saying I couldn't have beaten the game, but I would have beaten the game with like D's, you know, <laughs> and stuff. Right. Like, I wasn't creative. I'm not very good at dodging. I just was smushing buttons. I don't know what the combos do. I couldn't figure out how to get him up in the air. And when I did accidentally, I couldn't figure out what got him back down. Like, there was no method or rhyme or reason to the madness. And that is not the sort of game for me. Like, the story didn't engage me very much to begin with because it's sort of like that JRPG style. And you know I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, but the fact that I, like, just flunked it flat out, you know, like, <laughs> first try, it was a pick-up, put-down sort of situation. It, really? Me, yeah, to me, to be good at Devil May Cry, you actually have to be someone where button mashing is not the tactic that you are using. <laughs> no, you know? it has to be coordinated. <laughs> yeah. And you know, See, and yeah, I really I liked that mash. one. I liked Devil May Cry too, um, and I think primarily because... It was one. It was the first one of the series that I ever played. It was two or three. Which one did you? Two. It's two, right? Who knows? It's it's the one on the PS2. So yeah, I think it's Devil May Cry two, and uh, it's it's the first one that I played, and where I was just really into the way that Dante could switch between two pistol grip machine guns and a sword. And he could go back and forth, and the way that he would shoot or fire, he'd like shoot. He was like John Wick with two, <laughs> two machine gun pistols and a sword, uh, because he'd be shooting behind his head and straight forward, at, or behind his back, and then he'd backflip or do a cartwheel and be shooting, and then your or back, you know, as backflip hitting him with a sword, landing and shooting. It was. I just. I was really cool. I thought it was really cool aesthetically, and I think that's what really drew me into the game. I didn't finish that game either, but I don't think it's because I couldn't. I think it's just I had moved on to something else, but I really enjoyed playing it while I was playing it. So, yeah, that was one I actually really liked, but I don't blame you for <laughs> for being like, nah. Yeah, nah. Um, all right, for me, uh, I'm going to come back to a game I talked about earlier, and that is Celeste. Um Celeste is Celeste is a really good game, uh, at least in the premise and on paper. And a, a lot of people it received you know rave reviews and critical acclaim uh, for you know the the tackling the concept of, of mental health. Um, the themes in the game are are really good. The problem for me is is I'm not good enough at the platforming to get to the story to where it seems coherent. Does that make sense? Like if you spend so much time trying to get through these levels, I've almost forgotten like what the story is to this game. You know, it's, I'll, 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 I'll die a hundred times. Maybe my son and I were flying to Houston, uh, last summer. And, uh, while he was sleeping through part of the trip, I was playing Celeste. I played Celeste for probably an hour and got maybe, I advanced the screen maybe two or three times, which that just means that I got to the end of whatever the series of, of obstacles I had to get through in, in, in one screen, and then it scrolls up to the next part. So I went up three, right. three screens. Three times. Basically, it's not, it's not even levels per se. It does get more difficult, but it's not really levels. I mean, once you get to a level that's it, or a checkpoint, um, you know, they'll 
there's a there's a cut scene and there's some they, they reveal more information. Oh goodness, there's a corgi somewhere in here. Um. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, that, that I got to a point though where I had died so often, and if you're not mentally focused on what it is that you're doing, because it's you have to, it's it's a timing platformer so for you and the whole gap thing and not making this would be a nightmare i think this game would be a nightmare i don't think you'd enjoy playing it at all i actually enjoyed playing it up to a point and i would get to a point where i just it's one of those games you can pick up and play and and after you know a couple of times you get back into the groove of the controls and all that stuff but then you'll hit a wall and it's something probably really simple if i walked away i'd be fine and came back and played it but it is brutally difficult. I mean, it is, it's up there cuphead level of difficulty in platforming, in my opinion. Just, right. no, it's probably the exact same combination of reasons why cuphead and, and um, Celeste uh, are as difficult as they are. I just like to go back to cuphead. And maybe it's the music and the aesthetics. Um, I've enjoyed going back and playing Cuphead a little bit more than going and playing Celeste. So it's the reason why Celeste is on this list and Cuphead is not. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. I can I can see what you're talking about. I'm not really into the whole platformy thing as a general rule. Right. It's not really for me. So aside from Super Mario Brothers and maybe the last one on the list you might consider a platformer but other than that they don't really go on the list because i try to avoid them <laughs> <laughs> don't even play them don't even play them uh the next one on my list is uh planet fall which i know a couple weeks back um i talked about it's a really clever strategy like civilization sort of game with a lot of depth and quite a bit of nuance and levels of unpredictability. However, what makes it hard, even on fairly easy AI levels, is that the choices that you make compound upon themselves. So you don't really know what the AI is doing and you don't know how the story is going to develop or who's going to turn on you or whatever as the story develops. So you could make hundreds of choices in the course of a two-hour or four-hour scenario, you know, um, and right. maybe 20 minutes in, you made the wrong choice, yeah, and you started oh, your yeah. army going off in one direction, and then you find out, you know, a hundred or two hundred moves later that some, your ally closest to your home base on the other side of the map has now declared war on you because that's like part of the story yeah so it's it's one of those games where an early choice could end up coming to bite you but not for several hours or you oh, know man. a half hour or longer later and um it's challenging in, in that respect it's fun if you like that sort of thing and once you play the story up to a certain point the next time you play it, you kind of understand what's going to happen to a certain degree, so you can, like, make some different choices. But where I stopped playing it is I ended up investing, at, like, I don't know, three or four hours into a scenario, and I'd replayed it, like, four or five times. And it just kept being a Kobayashi Maru, 
where the enemy became so powerful so quickly and I couldn't figure out how they were scaling up their armies and just absolutely obliterating me no matter what I did um, and that's sort of where I stopped um, but for some people they may enjoy that sort of challenge it's a very challenging game it's not that it isn't fun because it is I played it a lot um, but it is very very punishing yeah well and see and if it's punishing and it's not fun well then I think that's all of, that's enough justification to make this list um, uh, and these last two um, I'm mixed about one and the other one it deserves it um, <laughs> uh, for me the next one is Bloodborne um, Bloodborne I think is the one one of the games that I think I'm most ashamed of having having played and my ultimately my performance on that game I've played I played Demon Souls I've played the first Dark Souls first two I believe Dark Souls 1 and 2 um, and they were fine I mean I, I enjoyed them for what they were I didn't play them for long but I didn't really I got I got farther on all of those games than I did in Bloodborne Bloodborne for whatever reason I could not basically it's Bloodborne is like one of those games where everyone sits down say you've got 10 or 15 people in a circle and you say a word and the person to your right says that word and then adds a word and everyone in the circle repeats all of the words and then adds their own words so by the time it gets back to you you have to know not only the words you said but then the 10 words everybody else has said yeah the well, Chinese whispers that, game yeah right so you've got to remember all of that that's how Bloodborne is only multiply that by 10 or a hundred you have to know if you have to know where everybody is all of the bad guys are uh, what what their their skills are what their attacks are. Uh, and then kind of the approach to each one of those. You have to be patient. You can't just go in and button mash. You've got to wait for the attacks to go and then attack and then wait for attacks to go. But if you haven't cleared out the room or if you go in a different path, because there's a lot of there are many ways that you can traverse the city. And if if you if you accidentally aggro enemies from a different area at the same time you are taking on these other guys i mean you get overwhelmed you can't see them behind you the camera really focuses on on less than 180 degrees so it's like you can't really even see to your periphery very well so uh you can get snuck up on really easy uh you have to constantly be locking on and disengaging from enemies so that i can roll lock back on, um, you know, or have your back to a wall so that nothing can come up and attack me from behind. Basically, I didn't even get to a a third. No, I didn't even get to a second save point in Bloodborne. I am, I am ashamed to say I never even got to a second save point. Like I never got out of the main city, uh, you know, that you, that you start in when, when you're playing this game. I mean, uh, you know, if anybody that, that has played it, there's the first save point that's kind of at the top of a ladder. And I respawned there probably, if I were to be conservatively guessing, I probably respawned there 150 times, maybe 200 times. And and just never, I never, I would go different routes just to keep it interesting. Uh, I would get a little bit farther, but I never got to a place where I could actually save the game. So yeah, I got 
to places. Like I would get far into the game and then I would die and I'd go back and then I would forget and get killed by one of the mundane, you know, everyday characters, you know, one of the, the weakest characters because I wasn't paying attention and I get hit with a firebomb and then they'd hit me with a six foot razor blade and I'd be done. So, uh, it's just, it's one of those games that has a really eerie background and eerie setting. Um, it's a terrifying game if you just think about the implications of what's happening in Bloodborne. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, it just was one of those games where it's like, man, I, it's a beautiful game. Um, I, there, a lot of effort went into it. It's just not my cup of tea. It wasn't fun to keep dying and never even get to a place. I would get so far and then get so discouraged when I died. And it was f- extremely frustrating. So I know there are a lot of people out there that the get good crowd that, and we've talked about it before. You just mentioned it, uh, that, that have beaten this game. They've done speed runs on this game. You're just better at this particular game than I am. And it's not fun to me, you know? It wasn't fun. I died too much. It's not fun. Yeah, I found... Uh, what game was I playing recently where... Oh, Vampire. Vampire's one of those games you can easily end up dragging ads around, and that made it a bit annoying. Um, yeah, that is. You kind of get tired of having to like sweep the same place all the time. It wasn't hard. I obviously beat it, but it. I get the whole accidentally walking into another mob thing. That sucks. Like... Yeah, and especially if you were just trying to get break up the monotony and go in a different direction and didn't know that I could pull other mobs, uh, you know, where I was standing <laughs> or whatever happened, you know. So you'd be like, man, how did I? And you get overwhelmed, and it's just like, God, F this. So. Yeah, all right, I so, don't blame you. Yeah, I guess this is your last one. Yeah, so my last one is another OG, another classic, although I have a funny twist on this story. Um, So it's Donkey Kong, but it's not actually the legitimate version of Donkey Kong, you see, because my mom found, I think at a thrift store, a bootleg, not a real uh, Game Boy Game Boy that she got us for Christmas one year. It was the kind that had like a mirror, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to describe. <laughs> I don't like a know. Mirror that, like, projected the image from inside the... Th- anyway, listen, it was... That sounds was really very bad. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really bad. Um, so anyway, but it was a bootleg version of Donkey Kong. Um, it looked exactly, for the most part, like Donkey Kong, but probably controlled even worse, which made it even harder. Now, you know how I get with horizontal platformers now get rid of any possible muscle memory that i could have developed playing them previously and make it vertical you know like that was the hardest thing for me i just don't think in those sort of dimensions i think like i understand turning like actually turning with your controller and moving your character's head and stuff that makes sense to me but thinking horizontally and vertically it's just what like, I could never get the right combination of things. I was always getting hit with barrels, but of course in this bootleg version, they were barrels that, like, exploded. I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was, I would have a similar problem with the normal Donkey Kong. I'm sure I played it on arcade once or twice, um, but 
this experience is what I distinctly remember as being super infuriating. And I played it for hours on a road trip from Florida to Oklahoma and back until eventually I gave up and was just like, nah, I suck at this. And I think I gave it to my brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you got some, some playing out of it, though, it sounds like. I tried. I don't think I made it very many levels. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, yeah, my last one is is the one I feel mixed about. I wrote, I wrote an article about this, this game. Um, it was one of the first things I wrote for Temple of Geek. And... It's it's a game that I have mixed feelings for in terms of like I, I still really have fond memories of this game. I never finished it. And this is one of the games that falls in that category of having puzzles. Because if, if I were honest, I could have probably put a number of, of adventure games on here. You know, the point and click adventure games. Because some of those are so ludicrously impossible. Impossible games. Um, the, one of the first that I ever played was... Uh, the Black Cauldron on on Apple uh, or on a Macintosh computer way back in the day. And if you've ever seen the movie, The Black Cauldron, which is the only Disney movie, I believe, to cartoon to ever be PG. And it may have been PG-13, I think. Um, it was really actually a kind of a scary <laughs> cartoon. Uh, and, and it's got a really um, troubled past in terms of like all the production and had so had to get over so many hurdles that changed what the movie was actually supposed to be. But basically you're a kid that has to uh you're a kid that has a magic pig that can see the future in water dishes and there's a skeleton king that's bringing a bunch of Wait, skeletons back to life. Wait, is this the game that you're talking no. about that's hard? Oh, I'm like what's no, happening but it, here? No, but it's the point is is like the detail in the in the movie was great in the in the actual and and it's got a very it's got a plot that's easy to follow. But in adventure games, a lot of times what you're asked to do is combine items to figure out how to get this door to open or how to get past something oh, like I hate uh, those. Monkey Island. Oh, I think you know, I've Monkey Island did a lot of Monkey that Island's stuff. the worst. Yeah. So, well, if you thought Monkey Island was bad, because it is absurd, some of the things you have to combine, some of these games just don't even make sense. They're more than absurd. They're in, they're insane. It's like, there's no way I would ever think to combine those two things to <laughs> to advance the plot, you know, to get past this thing. So, the game that I that is on the list, the one that's that I did want to talk about is Broken Sword, uh, Knights of the Templar. Um, where it, this is a PlayStation game. It's been remastered and it's been re-released on some other system. I think PS2 had a version of it. Maybe No, it was on PS2. And then uh, I've played it on the computer. I think they remastered it. Um, I think I've got a free version, one of the games with gold or the, or the PS Plus. Where um, and, and they've had multiple sequels. I think they're on the fourth or fifth iteration of this game. So it's like broken sword five and you follow a guy named george stobard and uh i think her name is nico she's uh, a journalist that ends up becoming your love interest throughout the game she's from france you're an american um and the premise the start of the game you're you're at this bistro in france and this this uh clown walks up in this cutscene. this clown walks up carrying a bunch of balloons and he walks right past your table while you're drinking coffee sets down a a briefcase leaves the balloons and then walks off and then the bistro blows up 
And uh, from there, you kind of start uh, piecing together what happened. You get mixed up in, in the story uh, with some dangerous people. And Nico is the journalist, and, and she believes your story. Eventually, the two of you are working on this case together. Uh, and then it's the other adventure game rules kind of set in. You you venture to a place. You have to interact with the world around you. You point and click on items around in your world. You take things and put them in your inventory. You have to combine different inventory items. Well, there's one puzzle in this game that is notorious. And I say notorious, it's it's made many lists, uh, you know, outside extra or, or um, I think it was outside extra on YouTube added added this particular puzzle to the list because of how ridiculous it is um this is where i actually stopped playing the game i never got past this part of the game and then i just i just shelved the game never to play it again there is a part in the game where you have to go to scotland and and you're you're investigating the knights templar and you get to this farm and there's a goat on the farm and the goat is tied he's tied to a post and you are trying to get to to you know to this location or this and i'm trying to remember i think it was maybe like you're going down underneath a there's a doorway i'm trying to get to but every time you try to walk to the doorway the goat runs at you and he knocks you down if you try to walk to the other side of the screen the goat runs at you and he knocks you down so like basically there are only two or three things that you can interact with on the screen at all and everything that you click on it knocks you down. The goat knocks you down and you can't get to it. And you're like, well, did I do something wrong? And in adventure games, it is highly likely, just like you you found out in that in that game you mentioned earlier, that you could make a decision early in the game that will make it to where the finishing the game is impossible or I- improbable. Maybe I forgot an item and now I'd have to start all over. And that also was very, very common in some of these adventure games. Well, it turns out that the answer was relatively simple that you had to you had to move this this it's like a yoke or with a tire on it or something. I had to go to grab it. He'd knock you down and as he was walking back, you had to get up and grab it again and it would limit the goat's ability to to get to you and then you could go around it. So basically, I had to click on an item twice and I had to click on it fast enough and at the right time so that when you got up, you went over to get it. And it would stop the goat from being able to knock you down. And and I never thought about doing that. In fact, and I know that I wasn't alone. And it, it, it gave me some validation when I finally saw it on that <laughs> on that outside extra or outside Xbox uh, list that I was not the only person that struggled with this particular uh, problem. And especially in a game that I really enjoyed. Uh, and I always enjoyed the point-and-click adventure games. Uh, to run into a puzzle that... I just could not figure out, and, and everything I did seemed to fail. And I was like, I must have done something wrong. And back then, there really wasn't anything but game facts. Uh, and if you were old enough to remember what game facts are, or the the website game facts, basically game facts, and that's you know FAQs, frequently asked questions. You could go and get a walkthrough for almost any game that was out there. The problem is, is those walkthroughs had to be hand typed. So somebody hand typed all of these walkthroughs for this game and sometimes they weren't complete and they, they depended on other people to come in and try to help out and troubleshoot. It's kind of like Wikipedia for game walkthroughs where uh, they would they would try to solicit help 
and you could go in and change things or, or send them an email and they would adjust it and, and give you credit. So, uh, yeah, it just it was a, it was a different time. And, and had I had a YouTube walkthrough, I probably would have went straight to YouTube and figured it out. But back then they didn't have that. So I just quit playing it and I never went back and played it again. Never, never, never to know what actually happened or how that particular game ended. Other than I mean, but who would there are have a few thought sequels, of that? So. No one would have thought of that. That's insane. No one thinks of that. Yeah, no one thinks <laughs> exactly. And so I didn't feel bad of not knowing, but I, once I fi- found out, I was like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, I would have never thought that, and that was frustrating. And it's why it's on this list. But like I said, I really enjoyed the game up to that point, and I just got to a point where I was like, man, there's, there's just, it doesn't make any sense. There's. I must have done something wrong, and I just never played it again. So, I don't think any. Yeah. So, any any uh, closing thoughts or any any uh, as I would always put a, a <laughs> an honorable mention in there. But I've already said it. I already said Cuphead. So, <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, look. I think there are plenty of things that we could put in an honorable mention. I would say. The Knights of Pen and Paper too. And I only made it what twenty minutes through this game, and it was like, right. oh, it's too hard. Like it's too frustrating. It's too whatever. I'm sure there's loads of people that have completed this game. I think my final thought would be, you know, just because we find something hard doesn't necessarily make it a hard game. People have different skills when it comes to gaming, and not everyone's good at the same stuff. There are people who are great snipers. There are people who are great team leaders and guild leaders and um, farmers and you know all sorts there's loads of ways that you can be good at a game um and it doesn't have to be uh platforming or creative item combining (laughs) puzzles right skill at creative item combining put that on your cv um (laughs) but yeah you know just because it's hard for us doesn't mean it's necessarily a hard game it's just that maybe we don't have those requisite skills no i i agree and you know, like I said, these games aren't necessarily bad games per se. They were just the hardest games that I had played and hard to the point that they just weren't fun for me. So, you know, there are a lot of other games that I could have listed, though. Like I said, I could have made a list of five easy just from NES games because um, some of those go back and play them now. I think they're harder now than they ever were when I was a kid. But. That is funny, though. I mean, we talked about on Instagram and Facebook about how old school games are harder than the games we have now. And aside from Dark Scrolls, Dark Souls, which is notoriously hard, but even then, I would say Dark Souls isn't permadeath. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is harder than Dark Souls. But the For simple sure. fact that you have to start over. And there are games that were notorious for like messing with your head i can't remember the exact game but i know there's one that at some point it looks like your cartridge has melted and the save file has been corrupted but it like actually hasn't and part of the game is to do something with the memory card or something like that like that's not a trick that game developers do anymore you know like right they don't they don't tend to break the fourth wall and convince you that your console has obliterated <laughs> itself. Well, and they may not be able to because I'm sure they get sued, you know, by somebody who who breaks their console or or uh, the um, 90s. You know. It was a wild wild west. You could do it It was a wanted. different time for sure. <laughs> a different time. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast and I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. 
All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later. 